everyone. Welcome to Conservation Chronicles. It's just Jonah here this week. We're going to be changing up our show format um, in the next couple weeks. So from now on, we're going to be releasing regular episodes on a bi-weekly basis, meaning every other week. And then during the weeks in between the regular episodes, I'm going to be bringing you brief news updates about current events and current research in the conservation world. So the first story I want to talk about today is a developing story. So by the time this episode is released on the 22nd of February, some of what I'm going to say may already be old news or outdated. So um, on February 15th, which was a week ago, if you're listening to this on its release date, U.S. President Donald Trump signed two documents to have that have significant implications for the impending border wall on the Texas-Mexico border. So the first thing he signed was a spending bill that would defund sections of the wall that were planned to cut through certain wildlife sanctuaries. So that was a win for those of us that recognize the importance of these areas for wildlife and the communities down there, and also for the ecotourism in the region. And then the second thing President Trump signed was a national emergency declaration that would divert $6 billion from military and anti-narcotics funds to border wall construction, which is actually an unprecedented use of this executive authority. Since 1976, U.S. presidents have only declared national emergencies 58 times, and this is actually the first time it's ever been used in this kind of situation where it's essentially a, a man-made emergency. It's, it's not an actual emergency, and there's a lot politically going on with that right now, um, but I'm not going to get into that. So the, the threat of the border wall has pretty serious implications for some ecologically sensitive areas along the border of South Texas, and actually a, a lot of the border is ecologically sensitive just because of the type of habitat there. However, the areas that will be currently not be getting a wall um, are the National Butterfly Center, Santa Ana National Wildlife Refuge, and Benson Rio Grande Valley State Park. And then um, on top of that, also Elon Musk's SpaceX facility, whatever that's about, seems kind of fishy. Um, at all these wildlife places, and then this corporation. Um, But anyways, in addition to cutting off public access to these areas, which are famous for their wildlife, um, and famous for their wildlife watching, the wall would cut off the ecological connectivity of the areas with habitat in Mexico, which would affect, to name a few, threatened species like ocelots, Texas indigo snakes, and Texas tortoise. And actually, tragically, a stretch of the lower Rio Grande Valley National Wildlife Refuge has already been deforested and and mulched in preparation for wall construction. 
I just actually saw on Facebook that someone managed to get around the really tight security around the construction area and get photos of what a couple weeks ago was a, a full complete forest and now it's just been demolished and mulched um so while the National Butterfly Center, the Santa Ana Wildlife Refuge, and Benson Rio Grande Valley State Park are safe for now, it's unclear how the government's going to proceed based on this declared and seemingly fraudulent national emergency. And then, of course, still threatened by the wall are other wildlife sanctuaries and refuges and private property and towns. And border wall community, or not border wall communities, border communities have been rallying um, recently to express opposition to the wall, including a protest this past weekend. Locals aren't just outraged about the federal overreach and about the threat to their own land, particularly because the government is threatening imminent domain, which means they can force you to sell their your land to them. Um, you don't have a say in it. But the the wall is also a serious threat to S- South Texas's ecotourism industry, which brings an estimated $463 million to the region each year, according to a Texas A&M University study. This, the Rio Grande Valley is one of the premier birdwatching destinations in the United States and also in the entire world. The National Butterfly Center alone has had 525 species of birds recorded on the property. So it's incredibly biodiverse, and this wall is a serious threat. So this this issue is clearly at the forefront of this human-wildlife interface that we like to talk about on Conservation Chronicles. And so we're going to keep you posted on this issue because it's... um, a really important one, and it's continuing to develop on a de- develop on a daily basis. Okay, so moving on to an article from Manga Bay in a new report by a UK-based organization called World Animal Protection. Turkish Airlines was named as one of the primary airlines enabling the illegal African grey parrot trade which if you've listened to our three-part poaching series from last year, then you are a little more familiar with this illegal trade. If you haven't checked out that series on poaching, definitely encourage you to because we talk about how serious the African gray parrot trafficking issue is. So in response to this report on the 13th of February, Turkish Airlines issued a global embargo on transportation of African gray parrots on their planes. Even though Turkish Airlines is a signatory to the Buckingham Palace Declaration, which is a commitment to shut down wildlife trade routes and address the vulnerabilities in transportation and customs, they hadn't actually taken any real action until this embargo. So while the embargo is a good start, there's still a lot of work to be done, particularly because Turkish Airlines isn't the only airline that people are trafficking parrots and and other wildlife on. 
Um, moving on, in a recently published study using camera traps, researchers from San Diego Zoo Global confirmed the presence of black panthers or melanistic leopards. So black leopards, they just have different fur color. Um, they confirmed the presence of black leopards in Kenya for the first time in about 100 years. So obviously the leopards had, you know, have been there this whole time. No one has documented it though. And then also recently, um, probably I would imagine based on word getting out about um, the San Diego Zoo Global study from 2018 that found these leopards, wildlife photographer Will Berard Lucas captured the first high quality camera trap photos of the black leopards in Kenya. So I'll have the link to the San Diego Zoo Global camera trap footage and to Wilberard Lucas's stunning photos in the show notes. So I definitely encourage you to check them out because they're pretty cool. Then in closing, wanted to talk about something I saw on a National Geographic article about some issues going on in Russia with some captive or recently captured um, whales. So currently in Russia's Far East, 11 killer whales and 87 beluga whales are being held in holding pens, in small holding pens, I should add. I think they're about 10 by 12 meters, which is nothing for that volume of whales. Um, And they're being held in these while authorities are investigating the legality of their capture by four Russian firms that supply marine mammals or marine animals to aquariums. So the whales were actually captured in the summer of 2018 and brought to the holding pens in Srednyaya Bay to, well, before they were going to be... I would suspect, shipped around the world. Um, But that's actually what the investigation is about, where they were destined for. Um, In November 2018, some drone footage that captured this whale jail uh, hit the media, and of course there was an outcry, and that's what prompted the investigation by the government. So Russia's prosecutor general said that selling the whales to aquariums in other countries would actually be illegal. And like I said, I have no doubt that that was the plan for these whales, just based on the volume, especially because aquariums in Russia don't have the capacity to hold those many whales, especially the killer whales. Um, So, you know, this investigation can result in one of a, a few things. The companies um, could be prosecuted for trying to illegally export the whales, and then the whales could be rehabilitated and released into the wild, or the companies can be allowed to sell them to Russian aquariums, even though, like I said, where are they going to go? They don't have the capacity. Or lastly, the whales can just die in captivity, which is an increasing possibility because as they sit in legal limbo, their health is seriously declining. So, you know, they're trapped in these small holding pens, very overcrowded, um, and it's, you know, 
the heart of winter right now, especially in eastern Russia. So workers at the facility have to routinely break ice at the water surface in the pens to prevent the ice from building up and then the the whales would become trapped because they can't surface to breathe. So veterinarians say that the belugas are, the belugas and, well, all the whales are stressed, but the belugas are obviously stressed because not only are they overcrowded, but they're having to deal with people, you know, smashing shovels over their heads to break the ice on a daily basis. So, it's not necessarily the cold that's an issue because belugas are used to living in ice. It's just the overcrowding and the, the ice breaking. And then the killer whales are worse off because in the wild, they would normally migrate south during the, during the northern winter. And so they would avo- avoid the cold water temperature. And, but here they're trapped in these pens and they're being exposed to prolonged cold and so they've developed skin lesions which experts say is either frostbite or a fungal or bacteria infection so unfortunately while the situation worsens for the whales it's still kind of unclear what is happening legally with this investigation because the case just keeps bouncing from agency to agency in russia Um, so Hopefully we'll hear more about this shortly, and hopefully it'll be good news, but the moral of the story is that whales should just be kept wild to avoid just heinous circumstances like this. This is just um, really unacceptable and, and barbaric, in my opinion. So that's that's all the news I'm going to cover today in our first news flash. Uh, keep a lookout for a regular episode coming next week, and have a good week.